welcome to Conversations at the College, a fortnightly podcast where we delve into interesting stories from those within the St. Stephen's College community, talking to people that make the college truly diverse and connected. Now, let's get into this week's conversation. Now, today's guest is a college parent, a member of the St. Stephen's College board, and also founder and owner of the iconic Zarafa's Coffee, Mrs. Rachel Campbell. Now, Rachel, welcome to Conversations at the College. For me, starting a business is like starting a band in that you need a really cool name. Where did the name Zarafas come from? Well, the name Zarafas is actually uh, Arabic for giraffe. And we took it one step further with Zarafas Coffee because um, in Africa is basically, the African region is basically where the coffee originates from. So we took that approach in having a different outlook for our customers in to actually appreciate where coffee comes from. As soon as you see Zarafas, it's that instant connection with coffee. Yeah, well, that's the reason why. In the past, say, 20, 25 years ago, most Australians would associate coffee with Italy and you'd come up with names like Piazza or that cafe type of language. But the thing about Italy is that they make the best machines that extract coffee for us. And it was a way of having a different approach to coffee and people being able to recognise us purely because of the giraffe. So what was it that got you into the coffee business? My first love of coffee happened very, very early on, back in the back in the old days. Uh, to even get a cup of coffee or a cappuccino, particularly in Queensland, was to go to a department store where they had a, a, a an espresso machine available. Okay. Um, I remember having my mother and myself go to it was either Meyer or Kmart, and it was one of my first experiences with coffee. And I used to ask her, "Can I have the the froth on top of the cappuccino?" It always interested me and it wasn't until probably when I was 10 11 when I actually got to go on to a paddle boat steamer called the Kookaburra Queen that was on the Brisbane River and we were going to Lone Pine Koala Century I saw that there was coffee and tea available and without my mother knowing I went down and I um, went and made myself a cup of coffee and at that moment I was in love. Now I understand your husband's been uh, involved in coffee since he was about 12 or something Yep, yep, that that would be right. He uh, started his coffee business in America and then he came over here in about 1995. Um, he actually was employed to uh, help out with the coffee industry, this great wave that was coming that uh, people, had, particularly in Australia, had never heard of and most people today know it as the speci- specialty coffee. Do you think shows like Friends helped with that coffee culture? Oh, absolutely. Um, particularly Starbucks being in most rom-coms, those types of movies, and people actually walking around with cups of coffee. When when we first started, it was we were almost laughed at that people would actually line up one for coffee, two drink it in a paper cup, and three be happy about that. <laughs> now we all do it. Yeah, and we all do it. And you know that was something that evolved. You know, 20, 25 years ago and. We didn't have, you know, the marketing money to be able to to promote that type of way of drinking coffee. But in the end, companies like Starbucks, Friends, the rom-coms, which I've just mentioned, that they helped that type of culture start to evolve in Australia. And we were lucky enough that we caught the wave in time. It's hard to think of a life without coffee in the morning anymore, isn't it? We all do it. We go to cafes for coffee. We'll we'll meet people for coffee. Everything that we do uh, in relation to bonding with, with family and friends is involving coffee in some shape or form. Yeah, you're right. It's a huge industry. It gives employment to lots and lots of people all around the world, from the, the growers to the pickers to the people that um, end up taking the coffee to market, selling it, trading it, and then, you know, on ships 
to Australia, so to speak, and then, you know, up to our roasters and then from our roasters onto our coffee shops that we go every morning to go get our coffee at. Now, I understand, and you just mentioned the coffee is actually a commodity, and I'm not sure why it surprises me. It just does. What I've been reading is that coffee is the second largest traded commodity on the planet. I don't know how they regulate that or how they calculate that, but that's in most of the the literature that you, you can read. Most coffee is traded in the future, so we have to actually buy it in the future. So oh, wow. we we buy our coffee in the future up to up to a year and sometimes into two, particularly with the way that the world is right now, is that we've bought coffee two years in advance, um, which also allows us to know how much coffee is coming in and the price that we pay, therefore what price we can put onto the coffee as we move forward through through the months and years of okay. having coffee. Did COVID have an impact on the on the coffee coming in? It didn't have a, an effect on the coffee coming in. It, it had an effect on the transportation of the coffee coming in. If we read the news and all the uh, the latest updates, is that um, there's a huge backlog of ships coming into Australia. So we have issues with uh, supply and demand. Is it true that you developed the, the drive-through concept for coffee? I wouldn't say we developed it, but I think we were probably the most professional at it. Obviously, McDonald's and... Um, KFC and all those other places long before we came on the board had drive through concepts. But I think in Queensland alone, we are probably the number one for drive through coffee and the way that we deliver it either through the drive through window or in store. So, no, we didn't definitely didn't design or create the drive through concept, but we modified it enough so that uh, we'd be able to have coffee through drive through. And it's hard to think of getting a coffee without going through the drive-through. It's just made our lives so much easier. So much more convenient, but I mm. think what also helped was COVID helped a lot with um, the ability for people that never came to us to have the option now to be able to come in and drive through and realise that the coffee that they're actually tasting is actually quite good. So what's the process from bean to cup and what constitutes a really good cup of coffee? Okay, so harvesting from a tree happens generally in... in two ways. It's usually hand-picked or it's picked by machine. Hand-picked, you get much more consistency. Yep. When it's picked by machine, which is equally as, as efficient, what happens is a machine comes along and it shakes the tree to a point where all the, the beans that are on that tree come off. So either way the coffee cherry is picked, it always ends up being in the hands of someone. So when I talk about the machine way, someone at the end has to actually pick out the inconsistent see one so the machine doesn't discriminate when it comes along and it shakes the tree so you have green cherries not so ripe cherries overripe cherries so a human actually has to come and and, and pick those out whereas when you're hand-picked uh, a picker will go and uh, go to a tree and pick that coffee and come back maybe a day or two later to that same tree and pick the ones that weren't that quite ripe at that stage okay. so that's just that stage and then all those cherries then are then go to a processing plant where they take the skin off they take the flesh off and inside that little cherry if we can think of a cherry that we eat at christmas time yeah inside of that is the 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 coffee bean that we we call it a bean but it actually is a seed and then from there it's either washed sun-dried hulled it goes through all these major processes with lots of other people and then once it's dried enough out on the drying process, they wash it, or sorry, they dry it, and then it's bagged up into usually 70 kilo bags, and then it's taken to market, unloaded by hand, and then it goes into a big warehouse where it's stored, and that's when it's traded, and then from there it goes from that warehouse to the shipping container warehouses, and then it comes to ship 
around the world. And then okay. from there, the whole process starts again, unloading onto trucks, into warehousing, and then into a roastery. And then the roaster opens up the bag, gets all the coffee out, roasts it for you, and then rebags it and sends it off to your cafe. Eventually it's ground up in their espresso machine, and then you get the cup of coffee. Which part of that process is where the, the strength of the bean or the, the, the end product is going to be determined? It's determined at the end by the type, one, the type of coffee, the, mm-hmm. the type of blend that you're using. So you don't necessarily just have to have a Colombian blend of coffee from Colombia to have your cup of coffee. We blend coffees from all around the world for their certain flavour profile. Okay. And then it's roasted to a certain degree. So there's various certain degrees that you roast your coffee, depending on what flavour profile you want. And then the extraction method also changes the flavour profile of your coffee. Most people drink espresso. So we're, we used to a certain strong, sometimes bitter type, full flavoured type of coffee that we usually have with water or milk, add sugar, add syrup. There's all these things that go into coffee. It's just massive. No, it is. And it's yeah. there's quite a lot involved in coffee making nowadays, isn't there? Oh, there is. It's a, it's a huge process. It's a real skill. I guess from a barista's point of view, it, when you are standing in front of them and they're making their coffee, they've gone through hours and hours of training Yeah. Uh, to be able to do that. Obviously helped through the, the coffee, but also the machinery is just as important. Clean water is important. Maintained machines are important. A smile goes a long way. Perfectly steamed milk goes a long way as well. Conversations at the College will be back right after this break. St. Stephen's College ensures every student is challenged and inspired to persevere and create their own future and to be the very best version of themselves that they can be. One of Queensland's most innovative schools, St. Stephen's College is the perfect choice for families wanting the best education for their children in an environment where they'll be cared for and supported as they transition into a new school. St. Stephen's College is a place where you'll feel you genuinely belong. I don't know if this is true, but I read somewhere, and it was on the internet, so it has to be no, true. Um, of course. <laughs> of course. Your husband was found, he had his little a coffee cart somewhere. That's right. And there was a conference, and a few people from Australia came, enjoyed his cup of coffee. They came back the next day, because they enjoyed it so much. Uh, but he remembered their names, and also remembered the type of coffee they had. And every day, for that week of the conference, they came back, and that's how he uh, got his foot in the door in Australia. That's right. It's um, it's It's the... Not only having a cup of coffee, but the art of making a cup of coffee. Sometimes when you go into a coffee shop and they remember, they might not remember your name, but they remember your coffee. That means a lot to a lot of people. It's just the art of hospitality and the art of service. It's something that I guess you can't teach someone to smile. That's basically what I'm saying. So it's you, you naturally have to be vibrant and happy and love doing your job in such a competitive market as coffee. But you are you are right, that's how he got his um, foot in the door into Australia was by a, a very large company. They, they actually were, were in Seattle, particularly for a coffee conference, because this n- massive specialty wave of coffee that they had, they had heard about and they wanted to get onto it before, you know, any of the competitors back in Australia did. So they brung him over and um, he helped them understand, you know, what a double tall was, what a single short was, what's these syrups and flavours that you can add to coffee. And from there, he realised how small this market actually was and how much he could help not only the company that he worked for, but the industry in general, because the, the love of coffee obviously is still with us and from there he realized that you know he could probably do his own thing here as well because we're such a small market yeah that obviously we're successful at it 
So how long uh, was America doing this before it came to Australia? Was it quite a while? Well, America generally have the drip coffee. That's what most Americans are used to. And that espresso type beverage that we drink today was probably only in the States, maybe probably less than a decade. And okay. brought brought over purely by Starbucks was one of the ones that was the, the forerunner in, the, in that type of way of serving coffee that way. What do you see as your greatest achievement to date through Zarafas? I think the greatest achievement is obviously the drive-through concept. I think that's a, that's a winner there. We did our first drive-through a little over 10 years ago at Wurrungaree. Okay. And we were kind of laughed at, like, no one's going to do this. No one's going to come through coffee. But, you know, we once again defied all the odds and now it's our the way we do business. I think that the greatest achievement actually was probably in in-store where we had to work out a way of serving coffee quickly, efficiently and effectively while cars couldn't be parked for too long. Yeah. Um, and it was something that we had to figure out through not only myself or my husband had to figure out, but countless people behind the scenes that have helped us along the way in the last, you know, 25 to 30 years. They've helped us get to be where we are. And the drive-through concept, I think, you know, it's always evolving as we come up with more ways to have speed of service. The biggest thing that in the shops that let us down is the steaming of milk purely because we start from cold and we have to heat it up and working out a way of how we speed up service with new machinery and new new technology is always evolving and something that we invest highly in you know it really amazes me just just how much that end result really does depend on the standard of the system that the coffee is actually going through you are right you're 100% right there it's all got to do with pressure and clean water and a great atmosphere also also adds to it I mean, there's a lot of machines out there that look really great but don't have the pressure enough to be able to pour your espresso and also steam milk at the same time. It's one of the biggest challenges for quick service restaurants, QSRs, the building up of the pressure to be able to do two things at once. Most, particularly our stores, we have two or three machines that dedicated to do drive-through or ones dedicated to do in-store coffee purely okay. because of those reasons is because they just don't have the – they've got to have the pressure to constantly pull out coffee all day long. And with that also is high maintenance. You've got to treat these things like they're a Mercedes Benz. You've always got to maintain them <laughs> because as soon as a machine goes down, everyone's crying. Yes. So yeah, it's, it's so important. Um, don't have enough time like with this, with this podcast, but there is so much that goes into coffee that um, when you pay, you know, four to five dollars for that standard, standard entry beverage, so many people, so much technology goes behind it just so that you can get your, you know, your cup of coffee in the morning. I couldn't live without my cup of coffee in the morning. Neither could I. <laughs> now, I understand that you have more than 70 stores at the moment throughout Queensland, New South Wales and Western Australia. So yep. where to from, from here for Zarafas? I think we're obviously we're moving forward more with our regional areas. Um, we're bypassing the CBDs of Australia purely because of the land banking and the uh, ability not to be able to do drive-throughs in high CBD areas. So we're moving more to regional towns. One of our last stores that we opened was in Ballina during those floods. And that type of uh, population is where what we're looking for in our regional stores that are moving forward. Today, some of our staff are up at looking at Maryborough right now for a site up there. So there's a, you know, there's always something on the cards. And not only once we find a site, we've also got to, you know, check with the landholder. Then there's also council. Then there's also the DAs of that. Then there's also you know, main roads to see if we can enter and exit safely. So I know most people would love a, uh, love a Zarafas right around the corner from their house, but 
sometimes it just can't happen purely because of who owns the land and road safety issues that come with it. So in the future, I think that uh, Zarafis will be popping up more in regional areas. We're not quite in Victoria yet. We haven't really earmarked too many places there yet, but obviously most people think WA, why did we go there? Well, we actually bought out a, uh, a five-store drive through chain called One for the Road and we uh, rebranded that over there because we thought that was the best way to enter a brand new market was to just buy five stores, rebrand them, and then Zarafis arrives. And that's part of the just the marketing and the, and the strategy that we have. Having Zarafis coffee go through some of these smaller towns is just a fantastic idea, not only for the people consuming it, but it's just uh, another layer of employment opportunities in, mm. in these sorts of areas. Yeah, one of our um, uh, one of the stores that we opened up a, a little while ago was Tamworth, and it's been a great success. Uh, I think you're right, people, smaller town, regional towns do get overlooked. Why do they get overlooked? I do not know. But right now that's where the, the land is and where councils and local government are, are crying for employment opportunities for young people, and it's such a great way to get uh, young people involved in one, having a job and also learning, you know, a hospitality job. Hospitality can take you all around the world. If you know how to make a cup of coffee, you can travel anywhere. I think it's important that regional towns are never looked over by anyone for employment opportunities, particularly in the cafe, restaurant type, quick service restaurant industries. What's the best part about the coffee industry? The best part, I think, is how it brings, one, it brings people together, firstly. You catch up with friends, catch up with your girlfriends, your boyfriends. It also provides massive amounts of income to families all around the world. I think I read an article once that just in Brazil alone, it provides income for 25 million people just wow, as, growers, million. as growers wow. to the industry. So, and Brazil is, is a huge coffee growing country. So if you think about the people that pick the coffee right in the beginning and all those and you... You close your eyes and in your mind's eye you, you think about then they've got to, you know, get the seed out and then they've got to take it to market and then they've got to store it and then they've got to unpack it and then it's got to travel and then once it gets to its destination it's got to be unpacked and roasted and transported to the cafe and then the barista opens up that bag and takes that beautiful smell in because it's just absolutely gorgeous fresh roasted coffee and then they, you know, they grind it to the perfect grind for that temperature outside and then they put it in your porter filter, and then you press the button. What do you want? What are you having today? And the coffee comes out, and then you grab it, you smile, and you take that sip, and you go, <sighs> It is and like that, that is, isn't it? That is what this industry is just so amazing at. It, it just, I don't even have the words for it. It's just an amazing industry that I'm so happy to be a part of. And if, you know, every day, as in the Zarafas brand, helps people get get to be where they are supposed to be that morning or helps them create relationships again with friends and family and have amazing conversations with people over a cup of coffee, well, then I'm a happy person. And you know the good thing too, I think, about the, this particular industry is there are so many of our kids going through university through barista training. Yeah, you're right. And it, help, and it supplements their income and most coffee shops open very early in the morning. So that helps and, you know, late into the, the late night. So that also helps with them. And when you are a an, when you are a very good barista, your boss or your your business owner doesn't want to let you go. So if you can be really good at your job, well, it's it's hard to come by a good barista that knows everything about coffee. I heard someone that actually doing competitions nowadays in uh, froth art. 
there's latte art where they draw patterns in the uh, texturized milk when they pour a latte. Usually it's a love heart or it's a, you know, it's a bird or in some cases a butt because it just doesn't quite get there, right? <laughs> it's more my cup of yeah, what yeah, I'm doing. that's it. right. But, um, yes, there is this new wave now where they're actually uh, doing designs in the, the cappuccino foam um, and they're using the crema and usually a toothpick or some type of instrument where they're actually drawing something on the cappuccino foam for you. Literally, it is just incredible. All right, Rachel, thank you very much for being part of Conversations at the College. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to Conversations at the College. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, feel free to reach out through our social media channels. And we look forward to you tuning in to our next conversation.